Hello and welcome to the Xenothesis Podcast. My name is Richard Acton, and in this episode, episode 65, we're covering chapters 3 and 4 from part 3 Imago of book 3 Imago of the Xenogenesis Trilogy by Octavia E. Butler. I'm joined, as always, by my hopefully non-slug-formed co-host. <laughs> Michael Glinka, hi everyone. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Michael? You you holding it together? <laughs> I mean, barely, to be honest, barely. But <laughs> to be fair, like you know, enjoying a nice river, you know, floating, eating sometimes. What a life, you know. No stress, maybe except for occasional predator. But except for that, why not? I would take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 not too bad. <laughs> But yes, so that uh, the, with that little lead-in, um, what were your predictions for 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 chapter three? Yeah, I was like, oh boy, Eir uh, is back, but not as a human, more of like a slug mollusk. And the fact that you know Jodas needs to help it to get back back to its normal form. In the meantime, Jesus and Thomas are chemically getting chemically addicted to Jodas, meaning that all the craziness is you know floating all around typical Octavia Butler style. So I thought that this mm -hmm. chapter, obviously Jodas will start working on Ayer because its changes might, um, are maybe related to second metamorphosis. But at the same time, mm -hmm. how is it possible that Ayer uh, is undergoing second metamorphosis if it didn't even meet any human mates, any mates in general? Just uh, So I was just like, this was confusing part mm -hmm. for me. Okay, yeah, I don't know if we, I think we discussed it a little bit last episode, right? We weren't sure whether or not the second metamorphosis was Requires, something that was yeah. requiring mates or if it was just something which typically happened around that time. I don't think we have a, uh, I think a, at we least from memory, I don't think we have a textual confirmation yeah, of that. We didn't come to conclusion. I think we just came to conclusion the fact that this is taking faster than the normal on Kali would experiences yes. right the, the construct yeah. that something mm -hmm. in the humans the human part is making them basically undergo the second metamorphosis faster than other onkali would experience it and pure onkali would experience that yeah it, it seemed as though the the onset was um either earlier or, or less controlled yeah. less conditional in some sense absolutely mm -hmm. yeah okay and that uh i think that was kind of borne out right we we got uh uh, Jodas working on AR. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then it also may be related to its second metamorphosis, its ability to, to well, uh, whether or not it manages to, to um, stop dissolving, maybe yeah. related to whether or not it can Absolutely. get through its second metamorphosis. So, yeah, right, let's get to the chapter three, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So, indeed, AR started its second metamorphosis. You can't try to bring it back to its original form, but even then, it was just a mess of a gray skin, bipedal, but very weak, hairless, and couldn't speak. Its organs weren't functioning properly. It still had webbed flippers. And problem was the fact that it wasn't the bringing back the problem, it was the problem was that it kept slipping towards the less complex form. So, yeah, mm. arrows pretty broken at this point yeah yeah it's, it's sort of um all of its cells are kind of like de-differentiating in some sense uh, you know, like going back to some kind of general um you know, nondescript cell type and then yeah. actually just like dissociating from one another uh, it seems to be the direction of travel that it, it wants to go in almost like a uh, reverse development right yeah um, absolutely which is 
something we've discussed a little bit before we talked about like Waddington's epigenetic landscape and cell differentiation in a couple of contexts in mm-hmm. previous episodes I think yeah yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely so yeah this this is um the hell of a experience I would say when your body is basically dissolving even though you know you want to be be but it you know your body is just doing the opposite yeah, that's a, that's an interesting contrast there, right? Because we've got um, Aeor very much consciously wanting to be um, whole and yet slipping into this uh, dissolute state. Yeah. So it's, uh, um, yeah, it, it's always interesting when there is a, a conflict between the um, conscious thought processes of the Oankali and their biology, given how how much conscious control they sometimes seem to have over it yeah. and other times how much they Absolutely. seem to be Absolutely. driven by it. So it's uh, so, yeah, I, it, it, interesting to think about w- what it is mm. that is causing it to be uh, you know, uh, dissolving um, rather than um, staying together despite the fact that it, it wants to stay together. But yeah, it, it, it seems to be this, this biological need to find some, some mates. Yeah, I think it's that that must be the trigger for it to not be able to maintain its form. But yeah, let's continue into because the chapter goes into more details about this. Um, mm-hmm. So air was laid down and Jodas had to look uh, into it. Uh, it asked Thomas to lay down behind it so they can connect all together. Jodas confirmed that what you can't said, the body wanted to be less and less complex. If it stayed unattended, it would eventually break down to individual cells. Seeds of life with Onkali organelles. So the cells would survive, but Aeor as a being would not. This hunger for mates wasn't just for talk, it literally was a hunger that could kill. And this is why the Onkali wanted to like, lock them on the mothership, because those rogue cells with Onkali organelles could lead to a biological disaster. right? And Aeor tried to mm. help Jodas, but it was too weak, it just wasn't able to create enough you know energy or conscious energy willpower to to maintain this form Thomas yeah. on the other hand Thomas tried to escape um, because of the uh, uh, repulsion uh, yeah. but just put him to sleep <laughs> mm, yeah <laughs> uh, that doesn't sound very fun no uh, the the whole thing with the um Oankali organelles being able to um uh, wreak havoc on the environment is an interesting uh, uh, little factoid as well, right? We didn't really get yeah. uh, a concept of what sort of an um, you know an, an out of control or un- unaligned Oankali uh, um, organelle would be. Yeah, you know, it's just like. it sounds like more of like a a accelerated evolution type of situation where like the cells mm-hmm. invade other cells and stuff, and then suddenly it leads to basically a you know a normal plant becoming a releasing some i don't know toxins that basically kill half of the life on the planet type of situation hmm. it seems like the sort of thing the oankali could probably get back under control um once Eventually. they noticed it yeah but uh, yeah you got yourself a bit of a kind of um biological gray goo scenario going on here <laughs> absolutely hmm so yeah, after a few days, Aero was almost back to normal. Thomas hated this, this contact with another Uloi. Um, Jodas though continued and Thomas joined reluctantly, honestly. Eventually, Jesusa exchanged and, and she hated it as well. 
It felt as I've been crawling crawled over by a lot of slugs. Mm, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Ayer's <laughs> body kept slipping. Jesus asked why it felt so disgusting, and there were two reason behind, reasons behind it. Ayer isn't Jodas, so the biological contact is really repulsive for, repulsive for the siblings. The reasons are biochemical. Ayer smells and tastes wrong to them. Um, but Jodas needed Ayer to feel them and in, to help it um, ref, you know, recovery. But at the same mm-hmm. time, if it felt their repulsion, that wouldn't help. So Jodas had to block the repulsion they were feeling so it can you know, help it recover. Mm-hmm. But the fact is it was very ill and couldn't stabilize. Um, Hazusa then asked what will happen to her and if they can get through the metamorphosis then you know, Jodas thought that they should be okay. Otherwise, ship exile to be allowed to dissolve. Hazusa realized mm-hmm. that it meant death to her and she knew it was because she made you know, she was made in the village to watch people die and take care of the dying. People knew that they could trust her because she would do the necessary thing. And Hazusa mm-hmm. then asked if Aero uh, could go back normal if he, if it had mates and that's where it's like most certainly yes she she thought maybe they fixed their faces and look like you no know, like they used to do uh maybe the siblings could convince some people to join them maybe convince no help here um but thomas thought that they will probably get killed <laughs> yeah and that's, that's an interesting little kind of um uh wrap up at the end there right the the sort of not asking them again to go back to the village but then um more or less waiting for them to come to that conclusion and and the, this little plan on their own right it's, it's a yeah. very um yeah it's a very owen carly way of uh quote-unquote respecting their decision right it's just sort of uh you know stand off and, and let them come to the conclusion you wanted to wanted them to come to on their own um Mm. sort of <laughs> sort of yes yeah mm. so yeah the chapter basically ends here with the siblings pondering and weighing their, their options to do it or not to do it that is the question and um Jodas didn't want them to destroy who they are or what they were you know to betray fully betray their people but you know mm. Jesus had decided that you know they need to help Aero to save Joda's sibling, because Joda's was more important to them. They already betrayed the people, so to hell with everything. She didn't ask Thomas, will, it join, will he join? Didn't I promise you I'd get you back there? And that's where the chapter ends. Yeah, there's kind of an interesting little bit of um, rationale on the um, quote-unquote betrayal there, right? It's a, yeah. um, uh, if I remember correctly, um, uh, Jesusa is kind of saying that their choice was basically between uh, like now and later, right? They, they could yeah. bring a couple of extra people under the Oankali's, uh sway, as it were, sooner and help out Aeor, or they could just you know wait a little longer and they'd all end up uh, under Oankali, um uh, rule <laughs> sooner basically. or later. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, this this chapter really um, unpacks the situation of what's going on and what you know. And the case with uh, A or like you know, the fact that the body, although it desires to exist, 
its option is if it cannot fulfill its basic need is to dissolve and then become many and then share its organelle. So that would be the most basic coding of those of of, of an onkali that if you cannot fulfill your own mm. sort of biological needs actually it feels a lot like um apoptosis right uh, but at an organismal scale right the the uh, and, uh, the cell the 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 unit of, of the population here the, the uloi is not able to f- fulfill its intended function in some mm. sense uh, so it's you know breaking itself down into its component parts to be reused by the rest of the organism. Yeah, absolutely. But in case this is not mm. reusable by organisms, it's spreading its uh, organelle to be reused by different organisms. But yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the um, the in the environment of most Oankali, the surrounding space mm-hmm. is kind of you know the, the larger oankali organism right yep. uh, especially yeah, on, on the ship right yeah uh, basically everything around them is always in some sense you know related to them and an immediate part of their ecosystem so um they have a um uh, a kind of um a selective scale yep. that is uh, greater than the individual units the same way that um cells have a selective scale that's greater mm-hmm. than their individual units right so the yeah, yeah. the reason you can get the, the reason game theoretically you can get something like apoptosis at the individual cellular level like it doesn't make sense for the cell right but the cell is only able to reproduce if the entire organism reproduces right yeah, so yeah. there's a, a an alignment between the the two scales so you have a i suppose a similar sort of thing here um where the um, I don't know, the Oankali organism at the scale of an Oankali um, uh, um, uh, ship unit, as it mm-hmm. were, is not going to be able to to reproduce and move on to another planet unless uh, all of its constituent Oankali are uh, you know in line with the program. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Mm. I see what you mean. They're kind of part of the superorganism. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting how Onkali are depicted here because it doesn't really fit in any of the hierarchies or development uh, of societies that you know develop in animal kingdoms. So, uh, especially now that we know that it's like fits in like with the whole uh, suicide is better than not mating type of situation. It's not fulfilling its own. Um, biological need it's 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 mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird concept right when you think about it because it does feel like feel like that you know the, the second metamorphosis especially for an uloi is incredibly crucial right mm. and we don't know if we if for example an uloi can take do it like original pure oloi can onkali oloi can undergo it anytime or can it postpone it like it seems the constructs mm. can't do it the, when it happens it just happens and you have to go with it, whether you you have mate or not to draw another analogy to more cellular level biology i suppose it might be a bit like a checkpoint in in the cell cycle right? yeah where you've got this um 
uh, you know, the reproductive cycle of the cell where it's replicating its genome and then it's growing and then it's, uh, you know, you've got the, the, the cell cycle. Um, but uh, there are checkpoints for transitioning between the different stages of that cycle. And if you don't sort of meet the criteria um, yeah. for uh, getting past that, um, then you might get uh, diverted into a, an apoptotic pathway kind of got stuck somewhere. Um, I see I see what you mean now with the whole one organism, like the multi sort of multi-organism organism, basically. It feels like yeah, literally yeah. a cell, like the whole mothership is like a massive cell and the Onkali mm -hmm. are basically, the, you know, just parts of it that, you know, if something doesn't go wrong, this this sort of pathway has to be abolished to, you know, the check within. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very. I think it's a quite a strong um, uh, analogy there. Right? They yeah, have this this super organism concept for the for the Oankali society as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. It's literally like yeah. a metaphor for a cell. I I can see mm. it. I can see. I do see it. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Um, should we go to the chapter 4 prediction? Yeah, yeah. So, Jodas, Jesus, and Thomas are going to try save Eor by having it brought to the human village, but they can't move it until Metamorphosis is finished. So they will have to wait until it's done before they can go, to, uh, go there. And uh, knowing life, knowing Octavia Butler, um, that's got, there's going to be some issues raising, and obviously based on um, the whole idea of them can't refuse and waiting for them, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, coming to decision that, ah, we already betrayed our, you know, our uh, people might, you know, might continue with it situation. Mm. I don't know if they will be that, I don't know. I just felt to me that, that maybe something will happen in terms of Jesus and Thomas um, against, you know, Jodas and the whole situation somehow bubbling up, bubbling up until a conflict arises. So are you thinking about maybe a conflict between um, uh, more of like an internal, yeah, like an internal Thomas conflict, and, uh, internal conflict of between Jesusa uh, with Thomas and Jesusa against Jodas and then also against the human, like you know, like this go the conflict between them. Mm -hmm. Yet we want to go, but we could go by ourselves, but then, you know, okay. we don't, yeah, we yeah. can't really leave, right? Because obviously they can't mm. leave. Yeah, yeah. So we, we get kind of the first half of that conflict in, in the next chapter, right? We get yeah. the conflict between Jesus and Tomas and, and, and Jordas to some degree here, but also between them and the uh, the other humans yeah. uh, in the, uh, um, in Jordas's uh, extended family. But uh, uh, yeah, so shall we... Uh, yeah, let's get that. to it. So mm -hmm. yeah, as always, there were some issues and they couldn't leave until the metamorphosis ended. Also, Thomas and Husa thought that they could be given their tumors back and they would go by themselves, but they couldn't leave anymore. They found out like Lilith did. So they did what Lilith did. Went away on their own mm -hmm. to think. <laughs> Just as Lilith said yeah. to Hezusa when, they were, when she and uh, they both were um, repairing the roof, that, you know, uh, yes. just go away, have a thought, think about it and come back with questions. That's exactly mm. what they did. And Jodas realized that they were gone when their scent started to fade. When it pan when in panic it started to run after them, Ach just stopped it. 
She comforted Jodas, saying that they will come back, they will be fine, because they are adults and they don't need Jodas' protection all the time. Jodas should go speak to, to Lilith. She used to do this. Go away so far. Uh, she used to go away so far that it almost strangled her. Hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting because I'm not sure if Lilith was advised, was kind of tip, uh, hinting at the, the fact that um, Jesusa should go away far enough that it would be uh, taxing on the, the bond that she has with yeah. uh, Jodas, or if it was more just a you know, get clear enough of him for now that you can not be you know, immediately influenced by his yeah. uh, you know, pheromones and whatnot. Yes. But uh, yeah, it felt like a bit of a hint in this direction. Oh, uh, absolutely. Without explicitly going there. Absolutely. So Jodas found Lilith painting. Um, we're told that humans used to do it even now, and Lilith did it because it made her feel human. And I thought it was quite a nice little, um, and a, uh, another character moment with with Lilith, right? She's, uh, you know, in in, the, in these two books, she's been kind of a, a background figure to our main protagonist, but we still get quite uh, occasionally nice little bits of quite you know efficient, um, tantalizing characterization of yep. kind of who she's grown into in this uh, uh, new environment, but the. You know, we get a little bit about her process of, you know, preparing like bark to paint on, yeah. and and uh, the fact that her paintings are kind of like uh, treasured by the uh, the family, and then even just um, there's a little bit of internal monologue of of Jodas kind of looking at her paintings and saying that you know every individual in them was recognizably who they were. But Jodas had this impression that they, that shouldn't be the case, right? It's uh, they're just these kind of line drawings, and yet mm -hmm. they're still managing to capture it. Uh, so this sort of disjoint between the the very kind of almost literal mindedness and exactness of the Onkali, um, Onkali yeah. mind, and the more human kind of. Um, uh, abstract essences yes. and, and uh, uh, the sort of economy in, in narrative storytelling uh, to, to you know reduce the essence of these people to some character in line form right it's a it, it contrasts their approaches quite nicely right oh, absolutely absolutely but yeah so jodas told her that you know it the siblings are gone and Lilith knew. Lilith knew that they will not trust her or anyone for keep uh, for keeping the truth to themselves. She told Jodas to stay put for now and go after them in a few days' time. They will distrust and hate Jodas, but it will pass. Those things would, that won't disappear was Lilith and others, though. And it was thanks to the pheromones that they will not hate Jodas, but they will hate uh, the other members of, fam of the family. Mm. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh interesting one there i think um Lilith was saying that uh, tino also would kind of um that she and tino would sort of get the the brunt of the uh, oh yeah uh, disapproval from, oh yeah from tomas and jesusa absolutely yeah. so after a few days jealous brought them back quiet sulking angry and they needed to leave with air jesusa treated air better than jealous at this point as part as punishment they were angry <laughs> Thomas explained to, jo to Jodas and the fact that Hesusa was good at hunting punishment. Uh, she was feeling trapped at the moment, but she would forgive it eventually. Hopefully. 
<laughs> yeah, and I thought that there's this really uh, telling uh, little quote from Tomas here. It's a, she'll forgive you eventually, you know, and she'll be very suspicious of why she's done it. Um, and she'll be right, won't she? Which is, yeah, interesting, right? You've got all these kind of, uh, you know, recursive doubt problems oh, yeah. in, in the oh, mind yeah. of the, the human, right? It's Absolutely. Like, I, I, I feel like I've forgiven him, but no, it's like, I, I know. Is it because I decide to forgive or is it? Mm? <laughs> yeah. It's just, I don't, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah, you a superhuman chemical gaslighting powers basically yeah <laughs> love it oh uh, dear yeah not not good but okay fine that's the par for the course with the owen carly absolutely um, yeah that's the, 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 the human reproductive politics is complicated but you know octavia butler seems to have said to this to hold my beer with this whole oh yeah absolutely concept oh yeah <laughs> she she really no like how to add spice to already spicy dish right you know it's yeah so how can i take this thing that's already like a, a complete mess and cause of like you know wars and conflict and turn it into like you know significantly worse <laughs> oh yeah absolutely mm. but yeah um the rain season was ending and finally Aero was strong enough to go by itself before they left though Nikanj told them a few things they can't go back here the rest of the family will go back to low and from there Odronkali will find out about their humans it might be a situation they will never meet again in fact and second, Nikanj needed to share the Uloi knowledge with Jodas. Genetic memories. Viable copies of all the cells that Nikanj received from its own Uloi parent or it collected by itself. Although Jodas was initially against it, you know, a bit... Not against it, but more of um, apprehensive. It accepted it. Yeah, I think it's almost like a... a like not not right now there's too much other stuff yes going on yes yes of, yes uh, yeah but it took it and it overwhelmed it the rush of individual cells going into its newly mature yashi organ and here's a piece from the book there was immense newness life in more varieties than i could possibly have imagined unique units of life most never seen on earth generations of memory to be examined memorized and either preserved alive in status or allowed to live their natural span and die those that i could recreate from my own genetic material i did not have to maintain alive it was inc incomprehensible at first and it will take time to digest now except for lack for Kali or construct mates chotas was a mature uloi and this is an interesting point about the transition of the kind of, or, or the transmission rather of the genetic memory that I don't think we'd really seen before, right? No, we had no. this kind of uh, impression of it as being, you know, ordinarily uh, heritable. Yes. But it seems as though at least a significant fraction of it is, is passed um, physically. Uh, oh, yes. Once the. Um, uh, the Uloi children are adults, uh, as we see here. Yeah, 
And it's interesting because obviously this is like an overwhelming given like amount of information data being given without really organization, right? So mm-hmm. it's like going back to the many times you talked about, you know, the genetic memories and how they can like, it's funny because it seems that everyone Kali just undergoes this sort of sharing of the knowledge, but nobody shares the code to it. It's just like, yep, this is it. This is uh, all we, we always inherited. Take it. Hmm. I mean, this, uh, we, we get a little bit of um, George Astor's internal monologue uh, through this process, and uh, you get the impression that um, it will be able to kind of uh, like skim some of this stuff and oh, sort yeah. of reflect on its contents and then construct kind of a, an index for it in, in its uh, uh, I don't know, more... Um, conventional brain structures uh, if, if, which it does seem the the Kali have right yeah uh so that it can go go do the, the lookup operations that we kind of alluded to before whenever we discussed the challenge <laughs> of, of having like you know serialized genetic yeah, memory each time yeah, yeah um yeah yeah but uh it's um uh uh yeah this gives us kind of a new perspective on it and um makes sense of why um the uh, the the immature Uloi don't have kind of a full access to all of the genetic memories. Although I forget how we had other Alankali who don't have this Yashi organ um, interacting with genetic memory before. Because I, I, I thought I, so from what Dishan, we, um, from what uh, we are told uh, is that when. Um, Akin, I think, when we had perspective for Akin's perspective, we mm. there was the idea of you know understanding the concepts of like molecules and stuff like that, but it mm-hmm. was always there was something always blocking it. Uh, I think it might have been even Joda's perspective at the very beginning. There was something there, but the moment it's um, underwent its um, metamorphosis, the perspective suddenly shifted the whole idea being able to even uh, perceive sub uh, um, atomic particles mm-hmm. yeah but perhaps it's more along the lines of the other Oankali, the males and the females and if they have access to some cells which have a component of the genetic memory in them then they can sort of read them off yeah right? Um, uh, I or think if they're interacting with an Uloi. Yeah, I don't think the Uloi they have has the... like the full mm. library, as it were. Yeah, I don't think they have the organ, obviously, because that only described the Yashi organ. So obviously, um, mm. and we know that the Onkali in general like to bring more different cells and stuff like that to their Uloi's. So obviously, this is mm. more of like they are capable of maybe detecting things, but not really manipulate manipulating them as such. Yeah, it seems like they have um, a, a sort of limited capacity for picking them up and storing them and, and, and reading them yep. even, but not like a long-term retention yep, process, whereas the the Uloi seem capable of doing that and sort of, you know, a bit more um, you know, involved reading and writing and reorganizing of, of the contents of those things. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. What happens if an adult Uloi dies? Right? It's Yashi organ, right? Imagine the situation, the 
onkali organelles are going to spread around. Does this mean that the Yashi organelle that was, you know, keeping all the cells alive and storing them for later, would the cells from that organ with the organelles would store still that information or would it just be, I don't know, reused by those cells for like to survive? Because obviously some of it, it's just organelles uh, like or DNA or whatever. But, <clears throat> you know... Well, if the organelles themselves go back to being free living organisms mm -hmm. and kind of dissolve their like eukaryotic um endosymbiotic relationship with the like cell that they're currently living yeah. in, then presumably whatever the the host genome information is not coming with them right mm -hmm. so i assume you'd lose the information from the the nuclear genome yeah um, and only the Oankali organelle genome would persist. So I suppose it depends how the information is stored in these cells. I would have thought in the nuclear genome because mm -hmm. that makes um, that makes sense from the perspective of you can put more stuff there. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, uh, if you're doing the you know the storage, right? The nuclear genome is a lot bigger than the uh, the genome of of the uh, other organelles that have genomes, mitochondria and, and chloroplasts. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess if you're doing storage, then yeah. Yeah, I guess what would ha probably happen, the organelles will start invading the cells um, that are were stored and probably some of the uh, organism that were organisms that were stored there would probably come back to life as part of Onkali, new Onkali species in a way, or reused Onkali species in a way. Yeah, it could be any number of possibilities there, right? They may well be able to make use of some of the genetic information stored in those um, parent cells in some sense yeah. while they're um, you know, stitching together what whatever new setup they have mm. in, in the new host organisms they're invading. Uh, <clears throat> given that they seem to have a lot of you know genome manipulation capabilities baked in. Oh, so yeah. Who knows? What, who knows? Um, but... Uh, yeah, uh, I suppose that some of that could potentially be lost if it's not oh, yeah. been shared with another Uloi. Most um, likely, but, yeah. As in from the like sh shared pool of knowledge from the Oankali, but it seems as though what Nakanj is doing here is it's made a copy of everything it that it's giving to Jordas, right? Yeah. So it retains its own version. Yeah, yeah. Um, so presumably everyone else retains their own version, Um and adds to it, and then when they interact, they will share, you know, share their yeah. changes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah, yeah. Um, after some time, Joseph was finally able to speak and told Thomas that it feels a little, a little bit like a drunk human. Explain what happened, and Thomas <laughs> joked that they will leave it here to sober up and catch up to them. And here's a part from the book. It's not really like being drunk, I said when I could speak. It's more like having billions of strangers screaming from inside of you for your individual attention. Incom incomprehensible, overwhelming. No word is big enough. Let me stick close to you for a while. The chapter ends with Jodas reassuring that it can travel as long as it can stay too close to Thomas. And that's where the chapter ends, basically. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> It's an interesting concept that the fact that, you know, like, oh, it's everything that it was given is just wants its attention or rather the organelle wants to focus, its, mm. its organ wants to focus on everything, but there's too much of it and it, can, it has to sift through it one by one, basically. 
Yeah. As it's like another one of those, um, you know, you've just acquired a new sense. Yeah. Good now, luck. Now figure out how to deal with all these inputs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it's got to kind of acclimatize to that, um, the presence of all this stuff and learn how to direct its attention more effectively again. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, um, should we go to my chapter five predictions? Yeah. So, obviously, it's now it's hard to tell because there's going to be a journey, obviously, from the house mm. to the village. And as all our journeys go, we all know that it can go bad. Yeah, we've not had very many journeys that went smoothly. And no, we? <laughs> there was none. <laughs> so, in my mm. prediction is in the Gold Octavius uh, style, there will be a journey, but not without hiccups. And something definitely is going to hit them. Like, it just bound, like, definitely some resistors or something, just, you know, hello, missed me, and type of situation, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, like, the, the, the last time we did this, we were shot a couple of times from random Absolutely. Know, resistor snipers, so. Yeah, each time, to be honest, each <laughs> yeah. when they first left the law, they got hit. When Jodas went on a journey and it was coming back, they got hit. The number four, pe the four people, they're traveling. They're definitely gonna bring a, uh, catch attention. I think the only time things went moderately smoothly was when they flew up to the ship, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, on sort of you know the Oankali baby transport ship thing. Um, <laughs> I just imagine some really... like random resistance with like with a rifle just shooting at this giant blob in the sky, and be like, "God damn, Oankali!" and shaking its hands like. <laughs> yeah, yeah you need some more uh Fire some pop. more effective um, yeah. uh, um, anti-aircraft weaponry yeah <laughs> it's like goddamn octavia you didn't write me better weapon in this book <laughs> uh, so yeah um that, that that makes sense as a prediction yep, we'll <laughs> travel back to the village and something will go wrong during the journey. <laughs> 100%. I mean, obviously, AR is not 100%, so Jodas will have to become another, again, like a a walking pangolin, but, you know, maybe five legs, running super fast, you know, trying to, like, you know, Wolverine attacking the uh, resistors type of situation. So, looking forward mm -hmm. to it. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Awesome. Right. Uh, I think that's it for today, no? I think so, yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We are Xenothesis. You can find all the places we upload our podcast on xenothesis.com. I was Michael Glinka. And I was Richard Axon. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.